Morning, Winston. Uh, a word? Corazón. So what's your little problem got to do with His Majesty's Royal Air Corps? Not a damn thing. Is it dangerous? Well, you probably won't live through it. Why, Joe? Do you really think so? Well, everybody else we bumped into has died. Why not you? What's the, uh, what's the challenge then? Rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, and save the world. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Winston Havelock, at your service, sir. Ha, ha. And tonight we have one of the OG average members, one of the founding fathers of the average joining us, Hayden. What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's nice to finally have you on an episode. Yeah, it's been nice to find some time in our chaotic schedules to make this sync up and work. Yes, I'm super excited. Hopefully we can get you on a couple more. Oh, yeah. All right. So I will break this down plot wise for us and then we'll dive into our scores. Adventurer Rick O'Connell and Egyptol Egyptologist Evelyn, along with a bunch of archaeologists, inadvertently wake up an evil mummy during an archaeological excavation at the ancient city of Homenoptera. It was released on June 24th, 1999, directed by Stephen Summers. There you go. It's a it's technically a remake of the original Mummy movie from 1932. Whew, man. Yes, starring it's really Boris, long. Yeah, starring Boris Karloff. So it's it actually goes way back. Um this movie, we know technically, I'm not sure I would call this movie a horror movie, so it kind of struggles to fit into that Halloween vibe. However, there are some horror elements to this. It, it does retain some of that spooky factor um, mm, kind of yeah. from the original movie. So we'll, we'll talk those up a little bit to make this fit in with our 13 Nights of Halloween. <laughs> it fits, right. we promise. So Hayden, where do you want to fall in our score lineups? Do you want to lead us off? Do you want to go in the middle or do you want to finish them? Uh, toss me in the middle. All right, you go in the middle. Classy. Bryce, you led last time. You want me to take it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I gave the story a three, and I gave it a three because it is a remake. However, I didn't take it lower because this does add a ton to that story. I probably a little harsh on the three. I could probably take it up to four. It's a strong three. Uh <laughs> Because there really is a lot added to this film that keeps it fresh, keeps it new. It doesn't feel like a shot for shot remake. It doesn't feel it almost changes the genre completely of the original. Uh, 
so yeah, I give it a three kind of because it borrows the core elements, but it does breathe new life into it. So that's why I gave it a three. Like I said, I probably probably a little too harsh on the story there. All right. But Hayden, you want to go ahead? Yeah, um, I went ahead and gave it a four. Um, part of that, I did not know it was a remake. Uh, I knew that they pulled some inspiration from the original Mummy movie um, to do this, but I thought that on its own did really, really well. I mean, we all know that this is a super iconic movie for Brendan Fraser um, for this like thriller horror combo genre. Um, and there were some elements where it felt like it was repeating things that we've seen in movies before. Um, but I thought that overall, like this stands out as its own entity. So for me, it was easily a four. Yeah, I'm actually going to line up with Hayden here. I gave the story a four out of five as well. Um, I can totally understand Tim's side for docking it because it's a remake. Um, I think I've seen the original Mummy once, maybe twice, loosely. Um, <clears throat> but I, I didn't really care for it personally. It's not not one that's in my catalog when I'm shuffling through um, horror movies to watch. But The Mummy is definitely up there. Um, it's definitely it was it definitely has grown from a movie that I kind of liked more of like a, it's one of my f- like all time guilty pleasures. And that's not to say that it's a bad movie, but I definitely think that the story for the most part is pretty concrete. Like um, I don't think there's anything super special about the baseline story of this movie, but it's all the little pieces that are added into it. All these little side stories and uh, uh, things that are added to everyone's individual stories that kind of drive the rest of the main story and make it more interesting. Um, from the beginning where you get the backstory of the mummy himself and where that all started, I think that's a fascinating opening sequence. Personally, I, that kind of gets gets me in the mood for the rest of it. Um, and even to the, even to the very end, um, which is pretty fun, climax and for me at least uh i think the story overall while imperfect uh i think it's actually pretty fleshed out for what it is and deserves a little bit of credit for adding some great storylines for each character individually that build on that super simple storyline of mummy's dead mummy comes back to life take over world etc so yeah solid four out of five yeah i i don't think i disagree with you like i said i think i was probably a little harsh because it was the remake and i just like oh yeah. remake's not original <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it definitely adds a lot of freshness to that story totally so, yeah jumping in let's talk about character i actually gave the character now preface it as i usually do i grade character arc not character likability i talk about likability in the script i gave character arc a three i don't really think there's much character arc It is, we discover these people, we go on an adventure with them, we have a wonderful time with them, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure I could tell you the emotional, spiritual, physical journey necessarily that they all go on. I'm not sure how Brendan Fraser's character grows during the movie. I'm not sure how Evelyn's character grows. I'm not sure how the brothers grow or the brother. I so I struggled on that one. However, I had a hard time taking 
putting in a negative score because I love these characters. Mm-hmm. So that is like it definitely did sway my score. So if if I missed a character arc in the film, please tell me. But as far as character arc, I didn't feel like there was a super compelling emotional storyline. So I gave it a three. No, I uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, for me, when I was looking back through it, felt the same way. Couldn't really pick out any elements of a character arc for anyone. Uh, the only thing that I was able to kind of remember or point out in it was at the beginning when Evelyn first meets O'Connell. He, you know, he's locked up in the cage, all scruffy on uh, some Middle Eastern prison, and he seems a little bit more rough around the edges. But they very quickly clean him up and he goes from being an individual who seems to be looking out for himself only to now caring about this unit that he was just thrust into. And there wasn't much build up to it. Uh, So it felt like they knew where they wanted him to go and they didn't want to waste any of the time in the script getting there. So they just pushed him right into it, which I I don't think does the movie a disservice by any means either. No, Uh, I agree. I think focusing on the plot and getting to the, the world itself feels very, very lived in. And so I think that the characters all felt really real. But yeah, no, no big arcs for anyone. Yeah, so this is where I'll diverge a little bit from the consensus here. I did give it a four out of five. And Hayden already pointed it out. There is um, <clears throat> somewhat of a character arc with Brendan Fraser's character. And you could even throw um, Rachel's character in there also. Both Evelyn and Rick kind of have this little chemistry that's building up throughout the entire movie. I don't think it's quite as rushed um, as you were saying. I think it. I think it's... Um, <clears throat> It's definitely the situation of, yeah, he's all scruffed up. He's kind of this Han Solo slash Indiana Jones-esque character. He's he's there for the adventure. He's there to get what he wants. He's not going to let anyone get in his way. But it just so happens, oh, this is going to benefit me, so I'm going to serve this uh, plot here, if you will. But, yeah, I think it is I think it is a little bit more of a slow burn because even half past half about over halfway through the movie, um, he's more than willing to leave uh, Evelyn in the, at that point. So I still think that there is a continuous buildup of their arc um, as their relationship grows throughout the entire movie. And I'm a sucker for that kind of story. I always like the story of the character who's super selfish and throughout the movie learns to do a, do do good things for other people, even if there's nothing in it for them. I, I'm just a sucker for that story arc. Um, even though it's a even though it's not a super strong one, I still think it's there um, and it's a nice little journey to go on. But outside of character arc also, like you said, these characters are just super awesome. I, this is one of the few movies where every single character, I just remember all of them. Uh, obviously you love Rick. Um, again, as the Han Solo, Indiana Jones esque adventurer, um, Evelyn is a beautiful and super smart woman who can carry her own throughout this entire movie. One of the, definitely the stronger female characters in a movie. Jonathan is a good, nice little, um, comedy relief here and there as Evelyn's brother and, um, Arnold who Arnold Vosloo. Yeah. Who plays, um, the mummy, even just him, like he doesn't have to do a lot, but even the moments he's on screen, he kind of just takes over and you know like he means business Uh, there's not a line from the mummy in english yep Yep, not a single one still commands those scenes just like the character itself i like yes yeah Yeah. i'm 
we'll break yeah. this all down later i'm sure yeah, but yeah character, I, I totally agree yeah. with what you're saying and his his character is a perfect case of like he's just he's just evil because he has a he has a you know a push for why he's doing bad things but i just again love. i go back to i love just bad characters like they don't always have to have a motivation even if it's a weak one like his i still think he's a really compelling character and he's fun when he's on screen but you think uh, love is a weak motivation <clears throat> Hey, he listen, wants his he, love back, Bryce. Well, yeah, he also wants to burn the world down. So I don't That's know if it's most really powerful all... motivation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I don't think they're perfect characters by any stretch, but they're absolutely memorable. There is some arc to their story. It's not it's nothing new that you haven't seen in the movie, but I still think it hits the spot um, when it comes to this movie and its story in particular. All right. Some good points brought up. Good points Thank brought you. up. Yeah. So jumping into the music, I actually, I gave the music a four. I thought the music was really well done as a companion piece to the movie itself. Um, it is fairly memorable. There's a lot of, I man, I don't know how to say it, but like, it sounds regional. At appropriate times, it sounds suspenseful at appropriate times. There's even some slight horror cues at appropriate times. I thought the music did a great job being a companion piece to the film. It's not a five where the music on its own is going to I'm going to jump in and listen to the soundtrack. But as a companion piece, I thought it is a great soundtrack for an for a movie score. Yeah, I uh, I feel very similar. I went with a three out of five for the music. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am some huge music buff, know all the biggest song or composers and everyone, um, but there are iconic ones that stand out, you know, Alan Silvestri, uh, John Williams and all them. And I love being able to find part of a score from a movie that I can just throw a song or two on from time to time and just chill and almost get drawn back into that world. And there wasn't really anything from the mummy that stood out, like no scene for me that, uh, that really grabbed me. And I was like, Oh, I want to listen to that again. I want to feel that, uh, very different movie to compare this to, but I, uh, the portal scene from Endgame, the track titled portals, by Alan Silvestri, I believe it is <laughs> awesome. I can put that on in my car at any time and get super pumped up. And I feel like I'm there. The mummy, good music. Like you said, it fit the region, fit the geography. Um, it was appropriate music for all the scenes, but nothing that really stood out to make it go above and beyond into that four or five category for me. Totally fair. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gave it a three out of five, uh, a strong three out of five, I'd say. Uh, the music is pretty good um, for, I don't want to say average music, but like it's it's pretty solid. It's very memorable music, I think, as you're listening to it the entire time. I definitely know the soundtrack when I hear it. Um, I don't think it's anything super special, um, but I think it works really. Like you said, it's a good companion to the movie. It doesn't really go out of its way to show off how great it is, but it also doesn't. It's not super forgettable like other movies, I would say. So I, I don't feel like I need to say too much on this. I think it's a really good. I think it's a pretty good soundtrack for what it is. So a strong three. If you were with us yesterday, it's by far better than the Kraft soundtrack. 
Ugh. <laughs> Let's uh, not even don't even see, start. <laughs> the, I I think you touched on it with the three and the four where I really struggled and where I question if four was fair enough for me is or maybe four is justified in this is that it kept that adventure soundtrack without sounding like Indiana Jones. Mm hmm. But also, I miss the Indiana Jones, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad it didn't <laughs> totally. attempt to knock off Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, there's no no knocking off John Williams. All right. So then into the editing and special effects, I was. I felt like I was pretty harsh, but um, also not. The special effects in this movie are good. There are and that's for me, that's an average because there are moments in this movie where the special effects look fantastic still. And then there are moments in this movie where the special effects look really bad. So Hmm. I had those two comparisons that I settled on a three because there are moments of this movie that I'm like, man, this looks really good years later. Um some of the early mummy stuff really is where I noticed the fluctuation. There are some scenes with the early mummy when he's not fully formed that I was like, man, that looks really good. And then the next shot, he would look super smooth, almost like video game quality, not quite right. So it, it fluctuated back and forth, but where I noticed the biggest special effects issues where I had those, were some of the some of the later well not later mid to later backgrounds they would change the sky or change the color of the sky and some of those scenes you would have really blurry edges where the sky met like the pyramids or where the sky met the ground and it was clear that they were trying to edit and change that background those scenes were rough But there are other parts of this that are fantastic. So I was actually very impressed by the opening scene of ancient Egypt. I thought that actually looked really good. And this was made in 99, and it's probably comparable to some of the recent Marvel CGI's as far as background goes. But yeah, so I I settled on a three. I kind of averaged it out between some of the rougher stuff with some of the really, really good stuff. I think some of some of these scenes might have benefited from using some older techniques. Um, if you think if you go back to the original Hellraiser, where the man comes out of the floorboards and his body re-knits itself. And that was done all practically by melting it away slowly and filming it in reverse, playing it in reverse. I I was watching that final scene when Emotep kind of dissolves and it looked a little rough. And I'm like, man, this is a moment that some of those practical effects that we used in the 80s and early 90s would have strengthened the scene. And yeah, that's those are my thoughts on it. So it kind of averaged it averaged out to a three for me. The special effects overall, they were good. Some of it is great. Some of it is not that great. Yeah, I. Uh, it's almost like we're flipping spots from our last score there with the music. I gave it a four um, in this area. 
And I think for one, for me, huge nostalgia piece. So it's hard to, hard to knock it too much, but I also tried to view this through the lens of watching it in 1999 or early two thousands, uh, rather than comparing it to what we see today. Uh, I really, really loved the fact that they built sets and they did a lot of like shooting on site for this. It looks awesome. And like I mentioned earlier, makes the world feel lived in. Um, there's like a hustle and bustle that's going on behind everything that we're focused on in the movie that doesn't make it feel like, Oh, we're just here to film the mummy. It's no, this story is taking place in a larger world. Um, and so I thought that the effects used there with, uh, and I use set design and all that I throw it in with the effects too. Um, and so I That's thought fair. that was That's really fair. good. Yeah. Uh, loved a lot of the practical stuff that they did with the, like the mummy warriors that come out to defend Emotep. Um, and whatever the Anuks, Namun, his bride that he's trying to bring back when she comes back yeah. as a zombie looked phenomenal. But then, yeah, when you compare that to the early stages of the mummy, when Imhotep is regenerating himself, uh, it just doesn't look quite right. And I always remember um, or recall watching that and thinking, man, that mummy looks way bigger and like more buff than Imhotep actually ends up looking. And that's the, a fair point. I they, didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm. And they just don't mesh up. So I was doing a little bit of research here, uh, just reading about some of the special effects they used. And as the mummy started to take on Arnold's, um, appearance and looking like Emotep, they used, um, digital prosthetics and mesh that together with CGI to make it look like him. But before he starts to take on that appearance, when we first see him and he takes the guy's eyes and tongue, um, that is completely synthetic. They just made that on their own, didn't use like mocap or green screen. Um, and so I think that is one area where they they really failed, um, was not going practical really across the board because it would have benefited them a lot more. Um, I didn't notice as much like the sky changing there were a few times where he did like the he'd swirl and turn into sand and fly away. And I thought it looked a little cheesy, but the movie as a whole has a pretty good cheese factor at a certain level. Um, so I just sat back and appreciated that rather than getting too worked up over it. Uh, but yeah, I thought that overall solid four for me, again, practical effects being one of the biggest points and uh, just shooting on site really, really made a big deal for me and for my fiance as well. She came in in the early parts where they're in, they were walking around in some town in Egypt or wherever. Um, and she made the comment about how, man, I wish movies still did that. And you know what? Yeah. Me too, babe. Me too. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of thoughts about that at, at the end. Yes, well, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a three out of five. Um, I actually came in I, after rewatching the movie. I was actually surprised how well some of the special effects actually hold up compared comparatively to a lot of movies during that time, um, especially by today's standards. I would say I think the. Uh, I think honestly, the mummy when he's still like in his mummification state, 
actually looked pretty darn good for what it, for the time period because i'm taking into account also like the time it was made so is it perfect not at all uh it's definitely got its flaws and there are a lot of scenes where it does stick out a little bit like a sore thumb but to hayden's point man the practical effects in this movie are they don't hold back on them at all and i think it definitely benefits the movie kind of like what you've been saying it makes the world feel lived in like it doesn't just feel like they're acting in front of the screen like so many marvel movies will do today um or any big budget movies that are too lazy to get a real shot in the desert like no this movie takes the time to do it and it just benefits the movie that much more um but like i said there's still some special effects that do stick out like a sore thumb i still think even the good stuff that still looks pretty decent it's still noticeable it's not perfect but i don't think it at all distracts in any way um with your experience during the movie i think it all works decently well for the time it was made um and i actually think that's probably a higher point of this movie um especially again especially with the early stages of the mummy when he's still in in his rotted state. I I still think that was some of the better moments, especially leaning more into the horror uh, aspects of this movie, which bring it into the 13 nights of Halloween. So yeah, three out of five. There you go. You looped it back in. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. You got the Halloween in there. All right. I fit it in there. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah. This movie has some uh, slight horror elements. Um, Jumping into script. Uh, already, I feel like I'm too harsh giving this a four. Thinking back on this now, this this script is borderline brilliant. Um, it manages to make you like even the characters we're supposed to hate. Um, there's just something so strangely endearing about Benny. I he's rotten. And hilarious, and he and O'Connell's chemistry was on point. O'Connell himself is that kind of lovable rogue. Um, and Rachel Weiss's character, I'm why can't Evelyn? <laughs> yeah, Evelyn, she's just amazing from beginning to end. Um, just the kind of klutzy, nerdy librarian, but she's also just confident like those two things coexist and i love it it's not that she had to go on this journey of like discovering her confidence from going to like nerd to confident powerful she knew she was and just kept trying to like no listen to me and i i love that about her character um and it was one of those where like even when Imhotep takes her and Brennan jokes later, like save the damsel in distress, but she chose to be in distress, which I think was a brilliant script moment of just like, come with us and save their life or I'll kill you all basically. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she asks him, she confirms with him. So like, are you thinking? And he's like, yes. And she's like, okay, I'm going you have time to save me. And it's like, she was assertive in that situation. She took control in her way of her own destiny in that moment, but trusted others to be there. Like there's so many subtleties in this script that are actually far better than this movie deserves. I, 
I didn't give it a five because there's not really like emotional depth. There's not really like powerful moments. It's just really good. So that's that's why I gave it a four. It's funny. It's borderline scary at moments. It's it's just exceptionally well balanced across the board in a way that movies aren't anymore, honestly. Yeah, and that's so, all I have uh, for that. <laughs> I will come in to save the day, Tim, and I will give it a five for you. Um, because I okay, thank you. absolutely loved the, like really everything about this. One of the, the like standout parts of this for me was obviously we all love Brendan Fraser <clears throat> as Rick. Jonathan is hilarious. Uh, um, Evelyn is a great, strong female character, uh, who's not motivated purely by lust or following a man around, but I really, really enjoyed the other architects that they end up uh, are not architects, uh, archaeologists, sorry, uh, yes, that they end yeah. up teaming up with. Like one of my favorite lines was, I believe the character, Mr. Burns, who walks over after they get raided by the, the Egyptian group that's protecting the burial site and just says, what do you say we team up for tonight? And I just thought like, <laughs> to me, it was just so funny and perfectly timed. Um, and the, all of those those four guys, they took their roles so seriously, even if they weren't even though they weren't big name characters, they were in the movie for a good chunk, but they were committed to their roles and they were given good material to work with. And I think that genuinely that is why they were able to throw themselves into it so well. Um, Brendan Fraser obviously does an awesome job as Rick. Jonathan is hilarious. He's got a quippy one-liner for everything, but it's not uncomfortable. Um, he, there's nothing that he says or does that really makes you go, eh, that didn't hit. I felt like and it's all not the, obnoxious. Yeah. All of the yeah, jokes, they land, managed, they're timed yeah. perfectly. He knows they managed like, to keep him likable yes. even with that personality, which and, is very difficult. Well, and the, the actor too, like just his look about him, John Hanna, he, the structure of his face, it's kind of like rat like almost. So it's easy to look at him and think like, Oh, he's just this, you know, D bag guy. And he's not going to be very likable, but no, he ends up being awesome. Uh, and yeah, there, there's not a single part of the script really that I would pick apart other than if we go back earlier, um, to some of the character, I uh, after Bryce mentioned it, I do see that there, you know, there was a little bit more long-term storytelling between Rick and Evelyn and them kind of connecting, but I would have liked to see just maybe a smidge more, uh, mm. reluctance from Rick in the beginning and him kind of getting dragged into it and like, Oh boy, here we go again. Mm. Um, yeah. but other than that, I mean, <clears throat> it's just great. It's an awesome movie. Yeah, uh, I kind of bounced back and forth between four and three on this one. I ended up just giving it a three. I'm you could probably convince me to give it a four without much um, fighting back. Honestly, uh, I agree with you guys. I think the script is pretty good for the most part. Um, 
let's see where to start really uh i i agree i think i think the script is pretty funny more often than not uh i think the biggest thing about the comedy aspect was that at times it kind of felt like it didn't always hit maybe it's just like bad timing on some parts uh it wasn't it wasn't super bad like it wasn't like we have nowadays where it's just one-liners after the other like it wasn't that kind of bad it just didn't always hit for me sometimes it kind of just felt like oh you probably could have gone without that there and just kind of wrote out that scene and that even leads me into a little bit more of the balance between the comedy the horror the adventure i do feel like the script i don't want to say struggles but doesn't always keep the ride smooth when balancing all those different genres together as one in their story um i think it does kind of take turns back and forth like showing itself instead of at more often than not incorporating all of it together to make it feel like one smooth script uh so that was just a little something that i noticed again not the end of the world you could argue you can easily twist my arm enough and make me say four on this uh but all the even all the dialogue between the characters felt very natural the chemistry was great between between every actor honestly um Hayden, you made a great point. Like these characters, these actors are some big, big named actors who didn't have to like, you know, they didn't have to go as hard as they did all- with this script. And yet they did, which we'll get into the acting there. Uh, Cause this script could have probably easily looked way worse uh, with different actors, depending on who you put in here. But I still think that the script overall is very solid for what it is. Um, again, with a movie that's balancing both comedy, horror and adventure all at once. Um, the movie still makes you laugh. Uh, they still have great moments of horror that are written in here that work pretty well. I just think that the overall balance of it kind of can feel a little wobbly at times and it doesn't really derail you, but it does kind of make you wonder, Oh, well maybe they could have like tweaked this here or there, but overall it, I would say, yeah, strong three or even a soft four, honestly. So yeah. Before we jump into the next category, I want to tell you a little bit about Zencaster. When I was preparing for our 13 Nights of Halloween series, I was really searching for a way to streamline the process. I wanted a professional-looking setup to invite our guests to. I wanted quality audio and video recording, and I wanted the easiest way to release the episodes to as broad of an audience as possible. This is how I landed on Zencaster. It is now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And speaking of audio quality, have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. Set the podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you are thinking of starting your own podcast or just want to streamline what you are already doing, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code AverageCustomer and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. That's average customer, one word. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So let's dive in to the next category. 
All right, you you did your best to justify the three. Yeah, like I said, you could twist my arm. I just kind of threw three in there because whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on it already in the acting. Um, the only reason I gave this a four is because it's not going to win any Academy Awards. But every performance in this movie goes so hard. Brendan Fraser is fantastic across the board. Um, Rachel Weiss is likable without like she's never snooty. She's never arrogant, but you can tell she knows what she's talking about and she's probably the smartest one in the room. Benny cracks me up for no reason. <laughs> uh, there's just something like so snake like and Ryan about him that I and the character delivers it so well. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Just so good. And, yeah, I mean, like even the bad characters in this movie, I didn't want them to die. I didn't want them to go away. I wanted them to stick around because these the cast plays off themselves so well. Even Hayden mentioned the other group of explorers or adventurers. The movie doesn't really need them other than some of the mummy's body count. Mm. But I love them in there. They don't feel like they're taking away from our main characters. And much like Hayden said, those guys go hard on their parts. The part you mentioned, I laughed out loud at that part. There's other scenes towards the end. I started to just crack up at how every time something goes slightly tilted in this movie something goes slightly wrong there is usually a group of three to five guys who bust down the door guns blazing almost to the point that it's funny yeah because no matter what it's brendan fraser in the middle and then there's two to three guys surrounding him everybody pointing a gun and it's it's like guns solve all the problems in this movie i actually laughed really hard when brendan fraser was just firing the gun off the airplane into the sand cloud. Yeah, actually, yeah. (laughs) What purpose is that serving? Can't be, but yeah, funny. (laughs) Yeah, apparently the answers in this movie are just to fire that gun at everything that moves. Um, But yeah, I've rambled on about it enough, but everybody in this movie delivers. There isn't a missed delivery, missed acting portion. They knock it out of the park on this film. Mm Mm-hmm. No, um, completely agree. And uh, I'm going to I said a lot already when talking about the script. I know uh, I gave the acting a five. Uh, if that is any shock from how much I was drooling over the script. Um, <laughs> but again, I go back to those explorers. Um, you've got one of the scenes where I was really rooting for them to make it out alive was uh, where's the character? Mr. Daniels. He's the uh, they're driving through town and he ends up falling off the vehicle and all the the people with all the boils and sores come up at him. and He's got his two revolvers and he pulls them out and he's shooting everybody down and he sits there and he just starts clicking the empty guns. And I'm like, oh, no, like hurry, duck in that door behind you, like start running. You can make this knowing full well he's not going to that he's got to die for Imhotep to come back fully. But it's like, oh, you you're with these characters for a good chunk of the first half, two thirds of the movie. And it's like, I don't want to see him go. There wasn't a single one. Benny, 
I was waiting for him to die throughout this movie because I be honest, I forgot about his character. I watched this movie a lot when I was younger and hadn't seen it for quite a while up until this past week when I watched it. So I'm waiting for him just to get taken out. You know, Brendan Fraser gets he's over him and just shoots him. But he just weasels his way through. And when he first meets Imhotep and he pulls out his cross and he starts praying over it and that doesn't do anything. So he throws it to the side. So then he pulls out mm-hmm. the next religious symbol and that doesn't do anything. He pulls out the next, and just keeps going and going. And then they uh, they find the, the, the common language. And I'm like, who would have thought that this character would be the one that's connecting with the bad guy and not just immediately picked off and him making it almost to the end blew my mind. Um, the warden, the, the guy that comes with him at the very start of the adventure who ends up getting the scarab under his skin. That is such an iconic scene for me because the way he acts that out, I mean, you think that he is genuinely fighting for his life. And I mean, he just runs straight into that wall at the very end and just thud, smack to the ground. And it, it sticks with you. Um, again, everybody, Captain Winston of the Royal Air Force. Why? Yeah, it's like, so good. What is he so, doing in there? He did such a small part. He could have phoned it in. He could have just been some guy in a suit or a uniform rather shows up with a plane. He's got it. Great. He flies them where they need to go. And then he leaves. But no, there again, I go back to the, this world having so much depth, him and Rick already have this relationship that they've built over years. And it's not just, Oh, I know you, you know me. They expect to see each other at the bar. They know why the other one may be coming to them with questions or, uh, previous adventures that they've gone on. And, it, he's in it for such a small amount of time, but man, was that just such a good performance? The only character that I think was not as well fleshed out, and I would have liked to see more, even though they were supposed to be stoic, is Ardeth Bay, who is the the leader of the, the Magi. Yeah, yeah, the Magi. Yeah, yep. And so I would have liked. He to has see a much a bit bigger part in the sequel. Yes. And I also realized in watching this movie that as much as I watched this when I was younger, I watched The Mummy Returns way more. So I kept waiting for like (laughs) those scenes to happen in the movie. And I'm like, man, they they don't have much time to get through all of that. Um, Yeah, no, that's just me having a big old brain fart there. But now I know what I'm going to watch this weekend. So it worked out all right. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I gave the acting a three out of five. Um, I think all the actors do really well, uh, given their roles. Uh, I think the reason I brought it down was while I while I think for the most part, it actually works to benefit this movie and why it's why. And I think that sticks. Sorry. The reason I gave it a three out of five was mostly because of just kind of the campy nature that seemed to really uh, come off strong at certain times which i was gonna say is actually probably a lot is a lot of the reason i think the movie has a lot of longevity to it is because of the campiness but i think that's why i eventually just kind of settled on a three um like i said it's kind of it kind of goes back to what i was saying about the script i just feel like the acting can kind of just be a little bit all over the place and it doesn't always stay super consistent at times again nothing that ever hurts the movie brendan fraser absolutely is a blast to 
watch on screen in this movie. He absolutely kills the role. Um, I actually think it's possibly my favorite performance outside of George of the Jungle, personally speaking. Um, also, Rachel as Evelyn. I think Rachel as Evelyn might be the arguably the best character most consistent character for me in this movie i just she's she's one of my favorites i just love watching her yeah Yeah. i just love her honestly but yeah every you to what you said john as jonathan um the brother i think he's pretty good i think he's the one where at times the uh, campiness can kind of overstay its welcome just a little bit too much uh but again i think this is one where you could easily convince me from going from like a strong three to a soft four and i wouldn't really complain that much uh, again, I just kind of landed on three because I just think in the grand scheme of things, these actors at the end of the day are just having a blast on set and you can see it. And that's what makes the movie so enjoyable and fun to watch. But I think realistically looking at it as just a movie in itself and, you know, trying to be a little uh, critical about it as well. It's like, OK, well, yeah, they're having a blast and it's awesome. It's fun to watch. But that's why it's one of my like top tier, if not greatest guilty pleasure movies of all time, because it's not perfect. It's not what you would consider a great fantastic movie but still a really good and fun movie that i will happily pop in anytime to watch these actors actually this way because it's fun and it's entertaining and that's what i'm here to watch so strong three you can convince me of a soft four maybe yeah i think that one thing with this movie that's kind of important too when you look at the the quality of the script and the acting Mm -hmm. specifically is how you go into the movie, like, and what you're, yes, what type correct. of movie you're looking for. Like if we're scoring this purely as, you know, this is our, our Halloween horror, scary movies and whatnot, then I'll be honest, it falls flat in a ton of those areas. Um, oh, totally. But yeah. yeah, as a super fun movie, I think, like you said, just the, that cheesiness, the campiness of it really, really helps um, preserve right. it. I mean, like we said, even to this day with, all the effects and all that, the script and acting there really, really helped this movie stay relevant that, you know, you could put it in at any time. You could still host a, a streaming of this movie at a local theater that seats, you know, a hundred people and you'd pack it easily. Oh, totally. Sell out. Yeah. yeah. I think much to your point, I mean, we're, I was going to talk about it at final thoughts, but we're kind of diving into it right now. Um, I've seen a recent resurgence, not just with Brendan Fraser, but there's a large audience of people who say that this is a nearly perfect film, which I'm not, I'm not saying like I'll tap into it more at the end, but if I'm going to sit here and say, this is the problem with the mummy, I can't. Okay. What I, what I can say is the direction which we're going to jump into. Yeah. I'll say more towards the end. The direction, I give it a four. It's mm-hmm. nothing remarkable. It is nothing Academy Award earning. It's nothing. There's nothing really unique that stands out in the direction of this film. It can be lumped in with just about any other action adventure as far as direction goes. I did give it a four because I appreciated the director's timing of there are quite a few scenes like I just noticed I was watching one where they were saying something about. Uh, it was a line, something like we need to get inside and then the fair it cuts immediately to somebody breaking inside of something that's unrelated to what was happening. 
And there's many instances of that throughout this film where it is set up to either have a visual punchline or an actual joke punchline or action set or something where it is so well connected and thought out that it works. And I also thought for the direction part, for people who were either in front of a green screen or didn't have something to look at, we have another movie coming up in 13 Nights of Halloween where we'll talk about this some more. But for those instances where that mummy was there and there wasn't motion capture or anything like that, I believe they were looking at something. And much of that is the director coaching them on what needs to be done and how this works. And there's just so many little things that it doesn't elevate the direction of this to Spielberg and Indiana Jones. It definitely feels not that quality, but it's also a step above like the expendables. You know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not your TNT action movie, but it's also not a Spielberg action movie. So that's why I think I enjoyed the first expendables movie that maybe get a three on direction, but like this is a step above that. It is, it deserves some credit on the direction. However, I don't think it's the best directed movie. I don't think the director has any particular visual flair. Yeah, I went ahead. I gave this one a five as well. And that's probably being generous on my end. Again, just really excited to be doing this movie, especially this being my first time getting on the podcast with you guys and getting to talk about it. Had me a little, maybe overly excited, but I'm happy to have you. Oh, um, <laughs> but I think that even though it isn't like a groundbreaking movie overall, there are aspects of it that I'm, we can sit here and we can argue till we're blue in the face. Um, but I think that it, the director, the actors, the writers, everybody knew what the end goal was. And that was to have an exciting adventure movie with believable action, believable villains, believable characters. And they set themselves up to do that. And it was executed almost perfectly. And so for me, even though it wasn't super unique, didn't wasn't very different, maybe from what other movies were doing, it was successful in everything that it set out to do. So that's where I come from with giving it the five for direction. And it, I'll reference mainly superhero movies because that's about all I watch. Um, But if we think of something like Iron Man 3, it sets out to tackle the demon in a bottle storyline and the extremist storyline on top of dealing with PTSD and all of these other uh, story elements from different movies. And it fails in most all of those because it spreads itself too thin, trying to sprinkle a little here, a little there. Whereas with a movie like The Mummy, they were able to give love and attention to every aspect because they knew at the end of the day, if they did that, they would have an amazing movie and they've rightfully earned the cult following that this movie has. Very good points. All right. Uh, So I gave it a four out of five. Uh, I 
don't feel like I need to beat the dead horse. You guys made basically all the points that I was going to make. Yeah, the I, I like the com- I like that comment. Of fly. I think everyone knew exactly what they were there for and what they were going to be doing in this movie. Um, everyone seemed to be on the same page. There didn't seem to be a lot of anyone who was. Um, who looked out of place or felt out of place with what they were doing. Uh, I agree. Uh, who was the director? Steven Somers. Yeah. Steven Somers, I think did a pretty good job with this movie and directing and directing everyone else in it. Um, I think the movie uh, pacing wise is pretty good for the most part. I will say that it does drag a hair at the beginning with with the movie a little bit. I think it takes a I think it takes just a hair too long to kind of get things rolling. I think you could definitely have cut some things out um, somewhere. Uh, I would say probably after they between like where they get on the boat and onward, you probably could have cut some stuff out of there uh, to kind of speed things up just a hair. Two hours for a two hour movie, it really isn't that bad. Um, the boat scene is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah, so no, I, I, I think that's funny. That's you bring that up. Yeah, no, the boat scene is funny. I think I think I mean more kind of after that. There's probably some parts in there I would have cut out personally. But I mean, for two hours, it does not feel like it drags at all. I don't think it feels fast either. I think it kind of just feels like what it is, a two-hour movie. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, but like I said, I think it's handled super well for what it is. And, you know, for whatever petty gripes I may have about this movie that I've talked about, I still think overall the movie is from beginning to end a smooth ride for the most part for what it is. You have a fun time with it. I think that, um, uh, Stefan had, a, uh, had a major part in making major role in making sure everyone knew what they were getting into. And you can see that on screen throughout the entire movie. So four out of five, Steven Summers, Steven or Stefan. It looks, like, it looks like Stefan, so Stephen. <laughs> it's, it's I say both of I say both the names. <laughs> you, you, you said Stefan Somers. Stefan Somers. Somers. Hey, all the bases yep. covered then. It's fine. We covered yeah, every yeah, version of this name. Yeah, Stephon. we got it. We got down. We Stephon. can't be wrong at the end of the day okay. if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we're on it factor now. So I'm um, I'm actually surprised by this. I'm not surprised about my score. You know, um, the it factor for this movie is a five hands down. This movie is why it factor is part of the score. Uh, this movie, I was 10 when this movie came out and everybody was talking about this movie from like Hayden pointed out earlier, kind of approaching the special effects from 1999. This special effects in this movie were huge. Everybody was talking about how fantastic the special effects were, but everybody was talking about just how great the movie was. It was so good. It inspired two other sequels. It inspired a spinoff franchise. It's inspired like I I can't even begin to talk about the the modern reboot with our favorite Tom Cruise. Yeah, that (laughs) failed to capture the fun. The like the influence of this movie on movie culture surrounding the mummy. When people talk about the mummy, like Hayden said, he didn't realize this was a remake or maybe that was Bryce. People think of this movie. When you think of the mummy, you think of this movie, not the classic universal monster from 1932. It's in the back of your mind, but this movie is so strong that you don't really connect the two. 
And like I said, it kicked off The Rock. The Rock is who he is today because of the sequel to this movie. That was his first big break. He played the Scorpion King in The Mummy 2. So and then he went on to do the spinoff series, The Scorpion King. This movie has had more significant impact culturally than I think any movie that we've covered in this podcast so far. And what I mean is not like tweets and posts about it or people talking about like, oh, Academy Awards, not that. This movie, um, man, this movie just inspired so much after it, it captivated for the early 2000s. It was mesmerizing what this movie did. The box office was... 40 416 million something like that on what was a pretty slim budget if i remember yeah, right it was 80 million the, 80 million it so, blew up further than anyone thought and i'll get into why when we do our final thoughts but it's a five out of five on it factor yeah you don't got to do much to convince me of that i also gave it a big old five um uh, I, one of the comments you made was really differentiated itself from what some would, what people used to think of as a mummy from the universal monsters. It set itself apart as the mummy. Um, and it, it's so iconic. Uh, again, Brendan Fraser, this was my, well, I shouldn't say my first, I'm pretty sure I watched George of the jungle as well. Um, but, uh, this was one of my first experiences with him and I fell in love with him. And we talk about, you know, this resurgence in support for him with other news that has come out, other projects he's worked on, um, Doom Patrol. I was interested in that movie. Maybe Fantastic with performance. Your, uh, your influence on it, Tim. Yeah. But I wanted to watch it because Brendan Fraser was in it. And he's yeah. not really in it. It's his voice. His but you voice, don't get to but see he's him. still so good. He's yeah. still so good. <laughs> he acts the heck out of it. And it's he brings that same energy to everything he's in. And so does everyone else in the cast. I'm not as familiar with them and their acting, uh, their catalogs. But it just, it's amazing. And like you said, got five times the amount of its budget at the box office. We're still watching it today, still hearing about it. Um there's just, uh, yeah, you can't No, I don't think there could be any argument made against this movie getting a five that I would tolerate. I think that means Bryce, you better not have a five, <laughs> uh, anything less I, than a five. Yeah. I also, I also just wanted to point out, I don't think we have taught, talked about a movie that has inspired video games, an animated series and a roller coaster. There's an animated video game on this. There's a there was a 2001 animated series. It wasn't it was called Secrets of the Magi, but it wasn't super long running, but it was a kids WBWB network animated series in 2001. Kids WBWB network. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like, yeah. Anyways, Bryce, your it factor. All right. Yeah. I don't know if I may take the stand here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, okay. I will admit I was probably a little harsh with the three here. It's definitely probably more of a four, uh, but, 
definitely. Oh I, my god! I'm I gonna, feel like I'm, I'm being mummified alive. Here we oh, go. Just no, now, no. Hold on, hold on. Okay, boys, hold on here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm going to push back a little bit because while I definitely hear you guys and I understand that, listen. This movie is definitely fun. It's definitely awesome. And it's one of my favorites. Sit down, turn off my brain and have a great time movies. I I love it. However, while it has inspired a lot of sequels and a lot of spinoffs, tell me, do you outside of obviously The Mummy Returns is stupid fun, but, you know, it's it's not that great at the end of the day. How many of these movies do you actually go back and rewatch? How many of them are actually memorable? How many of them are actually good the effector, the effector is not based on the quality of what it inspired, but the fact that it inspired. But I think it still plays into the fact that, listen, this movie is still great. However, I don't think it's had that much of a impact on moviegoers and what and uh, moviegoers and other films that it's like, eh, yeah, it's good. But I don't think it's that like I don't think it's that big. Like it's definitely I would say the biggest thing of this movie and why, yeah, it's, it should probably be a four instead of a three is Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser alone probably puts that movie up there for me. While I do like, like I said, I do like the other actors in here. Brendan Fraser is the one who really brought this movie to the forefront of conversation and why it still gets talked about to this day. I think if you take Brendan Fraser out, it does not have that same effect. Um, not to saying that's why I docked it a four, but I'm just saying, I think that we give this movie just a little bit too, much credit with a five by saying oh you know it's still this fantastic movie yada yada like it, it stands the test of time it's like ah, i i can be honest i don't really see or hear people talking about this movie unless the name brendan fraser is thrown around or for some weird reason it just comes up in conversations like a 13 nights of halloween where we're talking about it now again i'm not knocking the movie i do enjoy it a lot and i do like sitting down and watching this movie i could watch it at any time but i do think that it doesn't quite have as much of that uh, have as much of an effect as you are claiming it to have. I think that recently with Brendan Fraser having some standout roles in like the whale. um, Oh, what was it? Uh, Titans was it? I think. And uh, doom patrol. That's what it was. I think with him kind of having his resurgence, the movie along with it, because it's probably, I mean, it is probably his biggest movie, right? I don't know. I can't think of another movie outside of maybe the whale, I guess, but this one, Georgia, the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think the only reason you're hearing more about it now is because he's had his resurgence. And I think that's why I land more with like a soft four. It's definitely in the four category. I shouldn't have said three. That's, that's probably wrong, but definitely soft four more than a a five there. I think think you like to have hot takes. It's not really that hot of a take. (laughs) Uh, Well, it is because you're mentioning you think the only reason this movie is being talked about is Brendan Fraser's resurgence. But I don't don't hear people talking about Georgia the Jungle because it doesn't hold up as well. You're right. And I would say the the same thing about In fact, Georgia the Jungle would definitely be a three in this category because it's, yeah, it is what it is. Brendan Fraser (laughs) is probably the only reason you think about that movie. Same thing with this movie. I really don't think this movie would be where it's at. If it wasn't for Brendan Fraser, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but again, if it is his top movie, and so you're obviously going to have this movie come up in conversation if he has a resurgence and people are talking about him because of the whale or Doom Patrol, because he is a great actor, I think. 
I just don't think the movie with, if you kind of take that into account, I just don't think the movie quite would, I would, it wouldn't have the staying power that it does. And I, that's just my humble opinion. I, I don't think it's that hot of a take. <laughs> oh, okay. Hayden, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that I think that it really does speak to the it factor of this movie that what, 24 years on that people who are just now hearing about Brendan Fraser, who really has been out of the spotlight for quite a while up until he got back in with Doom Patrol, what was that, five, six years ago when it started going. Um, And the fact that people were able to go back to this movie and it still is such a success all those years on, I think that that really, that there speaks to just how much of an it factor it is. And yeah, you know, if Brendan Fraser is taken out of this property, does it do as well? Probably not. I mean, you could throw even a big action star like Brad Pitt into this role. And I don't think that he brings the same levels of charisma. But Mm -hmm. the best part about it is that Brendan Fraser did get this role. And so he got to experience it with him. And I think that his his prowess, along with everyone else, really, really does uh, just amp that it factor up. And, you know, I'm sure that I could be talked into maybe coming down to a really low five, like 5.001. I don't know if you get me to like four, but uh, I think that I I get what you're saying for sure. um, But you're wrong and I'm right. (laughs) Yes. And this movie is the best. So what I'm hearing is you are not wrong when you're talking about the quality of this film. I get what you're saying. However, the it factor should not represent the quality. The it factor is about how the world receives it. Right. And, but again, that's what well, I'm, I, I feel like you kind of made my point saying, there is the if factor is a five because of Brendan Fraser, not because of the movie itself. And so no, because of that, I said, I said, Hayden made that point. It's like because okay. Brendan Fraser is in this movie and because people are going to back to watch it because they heard of Brendan Fraser. That's a that's a compl- that's a five out of five for Brendan Fraser. That's not a five out of five for the movie itself, because if we are going to separate the two at that point, then, well, yeah, you kind of I feel like you have to kind of I mean, I'm not saying you have to, but that's why I do come down to that four out of five, because we are talking about an actor who is causing people to kind of come back to this movie that he made a long time ago that probably without him, it would not get the attention it gets now. And that's not, that's not a bad thing by any means. I'm glad other people get to have fun with this movie like we do, but that just kind of proves my, not proves, but it makes my case of that without Brendan Fraser, if we're talking about the effector of this movie, then I think it comes down to that four out of five instead of the five. Again, not saying you guys are wrong. I totally get the five out of five and I respect it. But to say I'm wrong. Well, well, no, now I'll finish the point I was trying to make. Um, The five speaks to the movie itself, not to Brendan Fraser. This film inspired two sequels. It inspired spinoff series that did not have Brendan Fraser in them. It inspired... uh, a two season animated TV show called the mummy. It inspired, uh, the reboot of the franchise. It inspired a action adventure game for PlayStation. It inspired a game boy color puzzle game. It expired, inspired a 2001 animated series based on the Magi. It inspired a roller coaster that speaks to the film, not to Brendan Fraser. And because of all of that, that like I don't know of another movie. Um, Top Gun inspired the roller coaster at Kings Island. 
and was a huge box office success. But this movie, that's what the it factor is talking about is how this movie had ripple effects throughout not just the box office and not just the Academy Awards, but the lasting effect of this movie, whether it is still talked about 20 years from now, but the fact that when it hit, it had huge ramifications, even without Brendan Fraser. I also think to only talk about Brendan Fraser in this movie while he is captivating. And yes, one of the main reasons to watch this movie, we already talked about that. Nearly everybody in this movie delivers a fantastic performance. The mummy himself is great. And Rachel Weiss's character is honestly fantastic. And if you put her like Hayden mentioned Brad Pitt, I'd still watch that movie. And it would probably have still had that same kind of ramifications. Because like we've mentioned many times, this is a world that feels lived in. And all of those sequels, all of those games, all of that other stuff is about the world of this film. And so that's what like when I'm talking about it factor, we can you know, what, I'll lead this right into uh, how entertained I was. Um, that's what I'm thinking of when I think of it factor It's not just like Twilight, terrible film, but it had a huge impact on society at and still is having sequels and weird spinoffs made. But that's that's the it factor to me. It doesn't speak to the quality of the film. But then I think it goes back to my entertainment value. So for me, entertainment value is a 10 out of 10. I had a great time watching this movie. I was watching this movie going, man, this is flying by. I'm already halfway through. And I was kind of surprised by that because it moves at a breakneck pace. But it also stops and gives us some time to breathe with our characters between major conflict scenes. And I just I'm sitting here going, they don't make movies like this anymore where I feel like it was fun to make. They had a fun time making this because they wanted you to have a fun time at the theater. And that's what I had. I had a blast watching this and I've seen it before and I'm watching it going, man, why don't I watch this movie more? Because it's a great time. So it was a 10 out of 10 on the entertainment. Yeah, it may be somewhat surprising to hear that I did not give it a 10 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, For myself, I think that one of the biggest factors there was that I split this movie. I watched half one night, half the next night. And we also had, we're dealing with one of our kids was getting sick when I was trying to watch the second half and everything. So I wasn't able to sit down and binge the movie from start to end all in one go. Um, you know, got a night, a full night's sleep, a whole day of work in between. So it kind of pulls you out of it a little bit. Um, but I do think that just the, this is one that although I have not watched it in a while, I like, I mean, I said it earlier, I'm excited to watch the mummy returns this weekend because I remember just how much I loved those the, the mummy and the mummy returns i can't say i ever watched the dragon emperor the third movie um but there was just so much fun in this that i'm ready to to continue into it um and then i was just looking up it made me remember uh, another animated series that was slightly before this movie came out but mummies alive 
Now I'm like, man, I want to go back and watch that show again. Cause I remember getting the, you know, that on VHS from the library and blah, blah, but it's got me going down this like rabbit hole of Egyptology for some reason, I guess. And, um, just very, very, very fun to be experienced this experiencing this again. And it feels like I've been away from the movie long enough that this is, um, this is rediscovering it and reliving all the fun that I got to have with it the first time around and finding that passion for it again, that love for it. So nine out of 10, probably 10 out of 10. If I could sit down and watch it start to finish, no problems, <laughs> children Fair. gone, all that fun stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, I still had a great time coming back and seeing this for the 50th, 60th, however many times I've seen this movie at this point. Um, for the most part, it still holds up pretty well. It's still just a fun time. Uh, I agree with you guys. I wish that we got more movies like this where we can just go to a movie and just be entertained. Um, this is a great example of one of those movies. Uh, like I said, outside of a couple like really nitpicky stuff towards the beginning of the movie with some pacing and even like like shortening up the movie just a hair. Uh, I'm entertained throughout most of this movie. Um, I'm not really on my phone much. I'm not thinking about other stuff. I'm pretty invested in the characters and their story uh, with a with a fun villain who just commands the screen and is, he means business. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about, about it than that. Um, so, you know, solid t- 7 out of 10. All right. So that takes us to... Uh, I'm not going to spend too long talking about final thoughts because I think if you're listening, you get the point. Uh, my final score was a 40, which puts this movie at the top side of great. So just under amazing. It's great. And I think that's perfect representation. Like we talked about, I'm kind of. I'm kind of jaded right now of all these movies that have to have interconnected universes and all this stuff. Some of them work great, but it often gets to a point where it robs a movie of its enjoyability to just watch the film. And this was made, I mean, almost what? It was 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago now. But it's just an enjoyable film. You can watch it. You don't have to watch the sequels. You can put this one on. It's a great time. The entire cast, crew, everybody feels like they had a great time making this movie. And I I miss the fun of the box office, if I'm going to be serious. Like, I can't think of the last time we had just a fun summer action adventure movie like this one. The closest I'm trying to think of the last time I was just purely entertained at the box office and the latest Mission Impossible was just entertaining. It was purely entertaining. I had a good time, but I didn't walk away like feeling as good as I felt walking away from this movie. This movie's pure escapism. And I think we've often drifted so far from that in movies with everybody trying to make the next big You know, we're going for the next Oppenheimer or we're going for the next shared universe or we're going for the next. uh, I don't know, but we miss the mark of just that movies are supposed to entertain. That's why they exist. And if you're not entertaining, you're failing at the one thing you're supposed to do. 
and this movie entertains and i friggin love this movie like i said i don't know why i don't watch it more i just think it's i was young when it came out so it's not always at the front of my mind but even some of the action sequences in this i'm like man this is just still great to watch and now much like hayden said i want to watch the second one again because i remember that one better than i remember this one because i was older when it came out and i went back and bought them a couple of years ago and i love these movies i have no complaints yeah overall i gave this a 43 um so pretty high compared to you guys um that puts it in the amazing category yeah and <laughs> i mean i i don't think there's a better word truly for me to use to describe this movie i know that uh we've all got our own opinions on it and whatnot uh, I mentioned earlier the one scene with the warden where he gets the scarab under his skin and he starts running around being super iconic. Um, there are other scenes like when uh, Rick throws the chair at Benji to stop him from escaping. That to me, like I knew that that happened in the movie. Hilarious. Like, again, such an iconic moment for me that just made this so much fun to watch. Uh, there's a scene at the end where all the mummies are attacking Rick and with, they're trying to protect Emotep so he can finish the ritual and Rick kicks a mummy right in the groin as if that's going to do anything. But it was just a small, silly little thing like that, that I'm sure Brendan Fraser probably just decided, I'm just going to do this screwing around in the take. And the director goes, no, that's awesome. That's right up your character's alley and just kept it in there little things like that are they all add up to make this movie amazing and really really just really enjoyed it um there were, i meant to comment on this when we were back at maybe it was character or script uh or acting or script and i really liked how the movie would tie back in with itself and one of them was uh the fact that when the magi first show up Rick's idea of getting them to like end everything is he lights that stick of dynamite and he pulls the fuse so off. So clever. Throws it off to the side and he sticks the dynamite in his pocket. And all I, I made the note in my phone. I hope the dynamite gets used later. And it does in, in the very final fight when they're getting down there, they're trying to retrieve the gold book. Um, he picks up the fuse off the ground because they're in that same situation again, picks it up, sticks it right back in the thing, lights it, throws it. And I was like, oh, such a small detail. He could have grabbed an, another stick of dynamite, could have grabbed a hand grenade, could have just started shooting at it as if it were a cloud of sand. No, nope. <laughs> they they wanted to come back to that because they knew it would pay off. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I noticed mm -hmm. it too. It was yep. good. Yep. Oh, just such good stuff in there. And yeah, really excited. Like I said, to sit down and watch the second one. I, I know I don't get to watch stuff like this as often. My fiance doesn't really love scary stuff. And this one, not super scary, but like the faces and everything really throw her. Um, and our kids obviously just aren't maybe old enough for some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this is definitely like dad's night, like alone down in the basement or something with the projector set up. I'm definitely putting on the mummy returns this weekend and I'm going to enjoy myself. 
Yeah, uh, my final score rounds up to a 34 out of 50. Um, if you want to throw in those few points for where you could sway me to a four from a three, you probably got me at like 37, maybe 38 on a good day. Yeah, uh, this movie was a blast to come back and rewatch. Uh, like I said, I've seen this movie so many times, I can't even count. I used to grab this movie off of the shelf at the library when it was on VHS and, and bring it home and watch it a ton. So uh, I have very fond memories of this movie and it's like coming back to an old friend um, and just uh, reminiscing of the good old times. Uh, it's a great time. Don't overthink the movie going into it. I think almost everyone who watches this movie is going to enjoy it. There's not really a bad time to be had here. Um, I think it's great just to sit down, watch by yourself, great in social settings. And like you were saying, I bet if a theater threw this on, they could easily sell out um, just because it's that entertaining and it's that much fun. Uh, yeah, I have very little complaints. I'm, I probably we couldn't watch this every single day <laughs> like a couple movies that i could do that with but um this is always a fun movie to come back and just sit down and have a good time with so yeah all right if we are uh just adding in a couple points for swaying bryce it puts us at a, <laughs> it puts us at a 39 out of 50 which overall puts it at a great movie for social settings Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's arguing that point here. No, it is not at all. truly a great movie for social settings. Now, the ultimate question. What about Halloween social settings? Oh, and totally. I think. Why not? It's not it's not really a Halloween vibe of a movie, but it does have some spooky stuff in it. Like Hayden said, some of the face stuff gets a little creepy. Some of the some of the mummy stuff can be a little bit if you are with people who don't like scary movies, this might be the perfect Halloween movie because it's got a little bit of scares, but not enough to disturb your sleep. And there's some good kills in this, too. There are there are some good kills. Oh, uh, the scene. Oh, also, the uh, scarabs specifically. Oh, those I, I hate bugs to begin those with. Terrified those terrified me mm, growing yep. up. Oh, my God. They still make me kind of eek when I watch it. Even now. Oh, yes. I was Googling. Do scarabs move that fast while watching the movie? Because I will probably never go to Egypt. But yeah, those alone I'm going from this summer. movie would I will steer clear of it completely absolutely so did you find out do they move that fast um i'll be honest i fell asleep before i uh read any of the answers (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna find out right now though and you were talking about some kills there was that one scene just totally thought about it when the mummy come he's sand and he lifts the other adventurer up and it's just hydrates him basically yes and you see his body shrivel through a shadow That was unsettling. Yes. There's some good scares in this film. If you're listening, this is probably one of the most accessible films that we have on the 13 nights of Halloween list. It's better than over half of these movies. Oh, easily. It's probably not even it's it's up there as our top one, top two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because we we know you've seen the list. You know, what's coming up. Uh, I'll be honest, it's probably it's in contention for Halloween H2O, but we'll see when we get there what we thought of that one. Yeah, so it's it's a fantastic film, guys. Just check it out. 
thanks for thanks for showing up hayden (laughs) thanks for joining us oh of course thank you guys for having me up one little fun fact of trivia that i did find um first off uh i can't find anything on how fast scarabs move but i did find a few things that say that uh even a single scarab's deadly uh they'll they'll be perfectly happy digging through your skin and burrowing into your flesh until it finds your brain so uh, if that doesn't scare you um, and get you in the no. Halloween spirit, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the other fun p- uh, piece of trivia, you guys commented at the very beginning of our recording here today uh, about how Emotep speaks only in ancient Egyptian, but it's mm-hmm. so captivating. Originally, the director was going to have uh, Arnold do the narration for the opening of the movie. Uh, but then it was brought to his attention by Arnold that his character doesn't speak English. So why would he narrate the opening of the movie in English? So they ended up switching it over uh, and had the, the leader Magi. of the Magi yeah, uh, nice. narrate it instead. So I thought that that was a a really small touch that yeah. just shows a lot of care in the movie and overall what, what you're doing with it. Um, and just made me fall in love with this movie even more. So how yeah, to get that nerdy little awesome. fun fact out there for <laughs> totally. everybody. Yeah, that is awesome. All right. Well, we hope you've had a good time tonight on 13 nights of Halloween. This is night five. I believe I'm losing track as we get deeper and deeper into this. <laughs> uh, we have more coming your way. We still have a bunch more days till Halloween. We totally. hope you're having fun, even though right now we're on like a good movie, bad movie cycle, at least in our opinion. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit the link either if you're on Facebook, hit the link in the post. If you're on Instagram, hit the link tree in our bio. Let us know what you think of the movie. Fill out your reviews. Give us your comments. And make sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Any final words, gentlemen, or shall we call this a night? I think other than uh, Bryce is wrong and I'm right. This movie's the best ever. Uh, I got nothing, man. Hey, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting. (laughs) No fighting, no, no, no. Respect (laughs) different opinions. Listen, Uh, we've we've grown. Watch the 2017 Mummy movie um, and get on again, and we will agree across the board on everything. (laughs) Yes, that's not a bad (laughs) idea. Exactly right, yeah. All right, have a good night, everyone. Yep, see you later. See ya.